Blog Talk Radio. everyone and for those of you tuned in just a few minutes early you were able to hear me screaming at my granddaughter (laughs) good evening everyone this is marty oakley of the ppj gazette online this of course is ts radio network and tonight's show is the grassroots whistleblower summit show and it's brought to you in coordination with marcel reed and the grassroots summit so i hope all of you can join us this next year Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of work this year revamping some things and basically ginning everything up. Um, I think now is the time to do it. Our guest tonight is a prime example of why we do this, why we give airtime, why we meet and, you know, tell what's going on, speak in the public about what's happening is with most whistleblowers, the retaliation, the intimidation, the harassment, The threats have been severe for this lady. Um, Her name is Karen Stewart. She's an NSA whistleblower, and she was employed for 28 years at the National Security Agency. Now, I know most of you out there, and even myself, my opinion of the NSA is negative zero. Um, This whole thing was set up, and I think her conversation tonight will verify this, not so much to protect the country from terrorists but to protect the powers that be from us Um, most of it is targeted towards us Uh, the data collection the data mining uh, targeting people is all done through the NSA and through which she's going to talk to extensively fusion centers what they actually are and what they actually do so with all of that under your belt uh, please welcome to the show Karen Stewart. Karen, how you doing? Hey, Marty, can you hear me? Yes, finally. Okay. (laughs) Really, finally. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you coming on. It takes a lot of nerve, and I don't mean like unnecessary nerve, but with what you've been through to speak publicly, and this is a big show, Karen, to to get on here and talk out loud about the things they're trying to shut you up about it it takes a lot of guts and what i hear from whistleblowers when i do these shows is is the relentless retaliation and intimidation and harassment and the threats families destroyed marriages torn apart people's names in their community absolutely decimated um it, it just, and as taxpayers, we're paying for all of this. We're paying for these individuals to do these unlawful things. And in the midst of all of this, of course, it, it's a thorn in everybody's side is the National Security Agency. 
And if if you could give us a little of your background, what you did there, and why you thought that was a good agency, because I know you did. And what is it about that agency we don't know? So go ahead, Karen. Okay. Well, I, you know, it's been a while since I was there, but the intimidation and harassment have been ongoing for over 10 years. Um, I got out of college, oh and I just and I decided to work for the government. I thought I would do something patriotic. My dad was in the Air Force. He was part of military intelligence, and he helped design the defense for the Fulda Gap in Europe, which was very important. That was between Europe and the USSR. So he did some very important things. I was impressed, and I thought I would try to do the same, but my eyesight is not good, so I was not going to be in the Air Force nor a pilot. Um, So I ended up going into intelligence, And I started working there in 1982 and was there 28 years before they fired me. Now, why did they fire me? I had done a six-month top-secret series of reports that actually um, saved, at least according to the Pentagon, saved about 2,000 lives in Operation Iraqi Freedom. Um, They had basically not known, American forces had not known that a Russian company, and I'm not saying anything that wasn't in the papers, a Russian company had okay. uh, created, okay, a Russian company had created GPS jammers that were attuned to missiles so that when we invaded, okay. our missiles would go off track and hit our own people and civilians. So I did oh, wow. six months series of reports on that and gave them all the specs. They went out and tested created them anew, tested them, and say, oh, by golly, she's right. They would go all over the place, and it would be an absolute total chaotic disaster, you know. So they got yeah. ahead of that, and, you know, the Pentagon said, yep, her report saved probably about 2,000 lives. So I was happy with that. I mean, I said I thought I had done a good job and done something good, you know. Well, right. my, my boss, my um, director, NSA um, Weapons and Space Director boss that I had too, and he thought, well, why the heck should we waste a promotion on an older woman uh, getting set to retire? I'll just give it to the branch bimbo. And me and my friends can oh. just enjoy her services for many years to come. So my name was taken off the promotion papers and hers was put on, and she was credited with my work and given a double promotion. And I was cut out. Wow. Um, well, yeah, pretty blatant. Uh, a promotion board member finally figured it out, came to me, let me know. I asked that the inspector general do a report. I'm basically not a report. Do a uh, inspection or investigation of the situation. And, oh, by golly, did they come after me. Um, and I'm telling what? you this story as a precursor. Yes. I'm telling you this story as a precursor as to how um, hits are put on people with the fusion centers. So we're getting into that because the fusion centers target not only whistleblowers, but everyday citizens. So that is um, my important message. This is just a precursor to it. So when I went to the Inspector okay. General, he ordered uh, uh, security to try to set me up because they wanted to fire me because I did not like the fact that I knew that this woman was sleeping her way through upper NSA management and in as important a directorate as the weapons and space directorate. I mean, <laughs> there couldn't have been more important yeah. secrets in this place. Okay. Yeah. So they tried to set me up. They um, gave me a polygraph. I got some kind of mystery false accusations against me by the people who stole my work. 
okay? And so I went through a polygraph. The guy screamed at me. And, you know, you just don't get through a polygraph um, unscathed with the person screaming at you. So I flunked that right. one for the first time in over 20 years and um, came back for a second one. And the guy said, I thought I passed the second one because I explained to him what was going on. And he said, no, we're going to put this as indeterminate. And I thought, geez. So um, I came back for a third one. And when I went back for the third, I was sitting in the waiting room waiting for the polygraph examiner to come out when a huge man, like a football-sized player in a suit, uh, came up to me and started to try to bully me and upset me. And I just was astonished. Yeah. They were trying to upset me for yet another polygraph. So what happened was the woman, God, came out of the back and said, you know, Miss Stewart, we can see you now. And I just went past him, but like it was like five seconds later. So thank God. And she said to me, she said, you know, I've looked over everything in your record. And she said, I find no problem with you at all. Why in the world would you have flunked a polygraph? You know, because there's nothing in your lifestyle. There's nothing. Yeah. And she said, can we do an interview before I do this last polygraph? Because if you flunk a third one, you know, you're out. And the, the second one wasn't really flunked, but they called it indeterminate. So that was more or less the same right. if I flunked the third gone um so i said absolutely please you know so we actually talked for about two hours and then she did the polygraph and at the end of the polygraph i was packing up to leave and she said i'm not supposed to tell you this it's supposed to you know go through channels but she said you passed she said i think this nightmare is over for you and she said i'll let people know what was going on so i said okay thank god you know so um unfortunately it didn't stop there so I decided to transfer from one directorate to another and um, then try again to, you know, take it to the proper people. And I got, let's see now, uh, the rumors were I had done something wrong, but nobody knew what. Um, <laughs> you know, typical oh. definition. It's like, well, I've done something wrong. Yeah. We'll think of what it was later. Um, and so they were trying to trash <laughs> me with my coworkers, making them afraid to get to know me. Um, I even had one gentleman who worked on the uh, project with me that was uh, won several awards. He said, you know, I almost got into a fight with a security person. I said, what are you talking about? He said, they were doing your quote-unquote reinvestigation, and he was trying to put words in my mouth that you were this and that and the other, you know. And I said, well, what exactly? He said, I'm mm-hmm. not going to tell you because you'd kill him. You know, I said, really? What in yeah. the world? He said, I know that's not you. So he said, this guy kept trying to quote me as saying that. And I said, those are your words. Those are your accusations. And if you put anything like that on paper, you know, we're going to have a problem. And so they got really into it. So Gary called me up to let me know. He said, something is not right. You know, he said, you know, you should have gotten credit for that work. And now they're trying to smear you. He said, I just needed to warn you. I don't know what's going on or why, but it's bad. And so, you know, he was entirely right. Um, so they kept continuing to frame me um, and ended up being told to go see a security psychologist. Now, they have medical psychologists, but apparently security has their own psychologist when they want to railroad somebody out of a job. So yes. this woman I found had a very bad past. She was not a professional psychologist who could have worked anywhere else. All right. So um, telling me to shut up. Don't tell anybody about your stolen work and your you know, stolen promotions, or I will find a problem. She said, so, so what? You've passed all of your psych- psychological tests along the, you know, the road 20-plus years. She said, I'll go back and find a problem. 
So, you know, that oh. was pretty generally understood to be, I'll make a problem, I'll lie, you know. Yeah. And they, she, she um, went back and saw that a former head psychologist at NSA had done a baseline on me a, probably a year before and described me as one of the most sound emotionally and mentally that he'd ever met. <laughs> so that really oh. put her get along. So it really frustrated her. But what they decided to do was have security goons, and I'm talking low-end low security people, not agents or anything okay. sophisticated like that, stalk and harass right. me. Because what they were trying to do wow. is get me to complain and then say, oh, she's paranoid. Nope, sorry, you can't have a top-secret clearance. You're paranoid. You're mentally ill, so goodbye. So <laughs> I ignored oh, them wow. for like three years. So I ignored them, and it really pissed them off. Um, and they were, of course, circulating rumors, and I never got to know what that was. But um, they even followed me down when I went to see my parents at Christmas, which was my habit for almost 30 years. Um, and they sent people there looking like civilians. I thought, who the heck are these people? And so they uh-huh. harassed me there. They even uh, poisoned a family dog to death. It was a beautiful Newfie, Newfoundland. And my dad almost died from grief because, you know, that was their dog, actually. And uh, I just, I can't even say. Wow. You know, because he died of neurological uh, poisoning and um, they couldn't save him. And he was like 13 months old. So it it was a horrible trip. You know, it showed me what these people were capable of. So when I got back from the trip, well, they decided well, we're going to stalk and harass her on the road and try to cause her a car accident, you know, so they would do coordinated driving to and from my work to try and cause an accident. And at that point, I was fed up, and I went to security, and I said, look, tell me what it is I'm supposed to have done, you know, let me defend myself, uh, but stop this harassment crap that's totally illegal and totally unfounded. And so they... Uh, immediately yanked my clearance and said, oh, you're paranoid and delusional. And so they put me on a, 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 a restricted job that had no clearance necessary and then tried to process me out as, you know, crazy um, two years before I could have retired. So I ended up hiring a, an independent psychologist, and um, he interviewed me, and he said, you know, you're not paranoid and, you know, delusional. He said, but you are and anxious. He said, do you mind if I continue to see you? Because frankly, with all this crap going on, he said, I think you need a friend to talk to. And I said, sure. You know, yeah. and he described how NSA had tried to lie to him, that he caught them in lies, and he caught them trying to lie for him. And he insisted on going to a hearing where they were deciding whether or not to fire me. And he said, I'm going because, you know, you need somebody on your side. These people are insane. So... <laughs> So he yes. went and he explained, and um, they said, thank you very much. Now we're going to hear from the NSA psychologist who had been threatening me, but you're not allowed to hear what she has to say. What? She sat there and listened to what he, yes, she sat there and listened to what we had to say, but we were not allowed to hear what she had to say. And I imagine it has to do with the fact she was going to lie, lie, and lie. And that's called information yeah. warfare at NSA, by the way. So Okay. When, when uh, the doctor and I left, he said, well, I think you're, you're going to be okay because, you know, I've, I've presented a very good case, you know, and I've known you for a year now. Um, he said, I think you're being fine. I said, no, I don't think so. 
I said, they're going to lie. They're going to fire me because I know something I shouldn't. And he, he couldn't believe that was true, but that's exactly what happened. So um, I ended up suing. They didn't like that. Um, that case sat on the books for like eight years, and I'll get back to that. Um, but they, okay. liked me. they had, had civilians in my neighborhood stalk and harass me, and I found out they were volunteers that the FBI fusion centers had induced to stalk and harass me because I was such a danger to the neighborhood. Oh. I thought, Ooh. what? What? <laughs> the same neighborhood I've been in from 1984, you know, and nothing ever happened. So, but suddenly I'm in danger, you know. So I had neighbors stalking and harassing me, and uh, what they were wanting me to do is report them so that they could say, "See, we told you she's paranoid and delusional." So I just ignored them, mm-hmm. you know. But. Um, <laughs> It didn't. That didn't yes. work for them. Because in fact, they they tried to say, well, "Oh, she's you calling know. the police all the time," and I wasn't. And the police yes. said, "No, she's not." So See, that, I, I, I had another. I had an, had another whistleblower on here, uh, year for last time, uh, Simon, and he blew the whistle at a Houston VA hospital about contaminated water. Ends up, <laughs> he moves home to New Orleans. And they did there just exactly what you're talking about. They went into his neighborhood where he lived and Mm -hmm. spread rumors about him, got people to turn on him. People became suspicious of him because of the stuff they – this is not the first or even the second time I've heard this about them actually coming to where you live and poisoning people's minds against you. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and what they're trying to I'm do sorry. is they're trying to get other, they're trying to get other people to harm you. They hope somebody else harms yes. you. Yes. Yeah. Yep. They even but, they but even anyway. went to Tarif's family, and um, yes. actually turned his mother and his brother. They they thought he was just delusional and paranoid and everything else, and wanted him to shut up and. Um, I spoke to his mother at one point in time, and I said, you need to back your son up. He needs you to, you know, help him. And she says, well, I prayed to God, you know, that he was. And I said, well, why don't you pray to God for a little compassion for your son? Yeah. She got upset. But like I say, what what happens to you people that blow the whistle? And, you know, obviously listening to you talk, you're educated. You know your job. You knew what you were doing. And you knew what they were doing. And for some reason, you're made out to be the bad guy. This is just... And I say, you know, for everybody that's listening, we are paying for this. We are paying for these people to harass her. We are paying for these people, you know, to do these awful things just like this. And as a psychiatrist or psychotherapist, whatever she was, she doesn't need to be employed there. She, in fact, is probably unemployable otherwise. And, um, but, you know, point telling you, Karen, you know, that she'll find something. If I have to make it up, I'll find something. This is, uh, who this makes me mad, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. Um, so despite all evidence to the contrary, in fact, when you work for NSA, you go through uh, a five-year reinvestigation. Every five years, you're mm-hmm. reinvestigating, make sure you haven't turned into a drug addict or a Chinese spy or something like that, um, or gone yeah. crazy. 
So, <laughs> so everything yes. in reinvestigation yes. passed with flying colors. And this psychiatrist, no, psychologist, sorry, said there's nothing wrong with this woman. So I have all 20 plus years, almost 30 years of psychological testing. There's nothing wrong with her. And a professional outside of NSA saying there's nothing wrong with her. And so they railroaded me out as being paranoid. <laughs> so contrary oh, okay. to every single bit of existing evidence, contrary. Wow. Um, so that was the, they ended up firing me in uh, October 2010. Now, in January 2010, our lawsuit had made it to the EEOC, Equal Employment Opportunity um, Commission, and it sat on the dockets, and the judge said, don't fire her until I have a, a chance to review this case. And they did anyway, and the judge did nothing. So from oh. about 2011, yeah, from about 2011 to 20, late 2014, early 2015, um, once they fired me, they left me alone. So, and they tried several times to sabotage the lawsuit, but I just was kind of biding my time waiting. And in late 2014, I got the identity of a NSA higher official. They're called SES. S-E-S, okay. manager. He had broken into my okay. house, and I saw him leaving. What? So it, it took me a long time, but I house? found out who he was. Yes. Yes. For what they purpose? did was they bugged, they bugged my house. Oh, and um, we can, yeah, they bugged the TV, they bugged the Internet telephone, and they put something called a burst bug into what I think are the ducts. Ducts, D-U-C-T-S. Um, and that is a passive bug that records everything going on in the house. Like if I'm speaking to my husband, if I get, a, you know, uh, anything like that. And then somebody will come at night and activate the burst bug. And I discussed this with Russell Tice, who's another NSA whistleblower. I discussed this with him. And he said, okay. yes, that's a burst bug. He said, they come at night, they activate it. And for five minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, it downloads everything that happened to your house that day. And then they go back and oh review God. it and analyze it. Yeah. So I caught, I caught them doing that. I heard them. And so I ended okay. up, uh, to prove it to myself, I put um, uh, raw macaroni <laughs> around the side of the house where they were connecting and kept my uh, bedroom window open. And by golly, in the nighttime, crunch, 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 crunch. And I had oh, heard that they were using to download all the information and the crunch crunching. So I went outside immediately, and all I saw was the, like tree limbs swinging. But I knew the guy had been there. And I proved to myself, I said, okay. yep, that's what's going. That's what's going on. So I discussed it with Rus Russell Tice, and he said, yep. And so, well, the funny thing about that was I put down elbow macaroni, and they came back before the morning and put down shell macaroni to, to pretend they hadn't crunched on it. <laughs> oh, wow. So the, yeah, so, so petty. But um, so, like I said, um, I had identified this man, and he had put <laughs> bugs in the house. And uh, I wanted to uh -huh. bring his identity to the attention of the, the judge. And, oh, they did not like that. So what they did um, was after I had my lawyer ask the judge for a subpoena, which he ignored, and um, I went down to Florida where my, my elderly parents live, and my mother had fallen, and so I stayed there. I ended up staying there about two years to see if she could learn to walk again and function again. Um, what NSA did 
was they sent people down to the fusion center and they told them to stalk and harass me in Florida, in Tallahassee, Florida. That was the FDLE, uh, Florida Department of Law Enforcement Fusion Center. And how do I know this? Um, because I talked to a deputy and he was bragging to me, oh, you used to work for NSA? Well, we just escorted NSA representatives to this property just north of where you live. I said, really? You know, and he said, oh, yeah, they're doing some kind of special exercise. I said, really? And he said, yeah, they brought their own Humvees and all kinds of equipment and stuff like that. And the um, everybody's oh. helping them like F and law enforcement, and I said, okay, very interesting, and I didn't, of course, let on anything, and I got the guy's name. Um, so at about the time he said they came down, just shortly thereafter, the stalking harassment in Tallahassee, Florida began, and it was all kinds of civilians, and it was 24-7, oh, wow. just like it had been with NSA. So you've got the um, lotus operandi being exactly the same as to how NSA stalks and harasses its people and how the fusion centers stalk and harass anybody else. So I heard from two sources. Uh, one, a neighbor was telling another neighbor that I was a pedophile. So oh I was God. absolutely, yeah, out, outraged, absolutely outraged. And then I heard from another lady online who I was friends with, you know, who uh, I knew over Twitter only. And she had said to me, she said, Karen, I was contacted by a pediatrician in California and told not to associate with you. I said, well, that's bizarre. And she said, yes. And she said that she told me not to associate with you because you and your husband are pedophiles. I said, are you kidding me? Oh, I said, first of all, she's in California. I'm in Florida. I haven't been to California since I was four. How did you claim to know such garbage? And she said, oh, she went to a symposium at Fort Meade, Maryland, where NSA is. And she says, they told her all about you. I said, well, they didn't oh my because God. that's not me, you know. And uh, yeah. so I actually had this woman, she was kind enough to write a testimonial and say, so-and-so told me this, and she gave it to my lawyer. So that became part of my lawsuit. So, I mean, no wonder people wow. hate, you know. Yeah. They're scared and they hate you. And it's not a damn thing that you've ever done. So that really pissed it, me off. But but for all of 2015, I had people stalking and harassing me. Vehicular, if I walked the dogs around a, a park lake, then I had people um, following me around the park, you know. So it was annoying. Um, but in late 2015, um, I said, all right, you want to play this? Then I'm going to start asking questions about 9-11. So I started posting things about 9-11, and I said, you know, two days after I came back from 9-11, there was a man standing in the hall outside his office, which was near mine, and he was crying. And I thought, geez, the poor guy's lost family or friends. And as I started to pass him, he said, nobody had to die. But that stopped me in my tracks. He said, nobody had to die. We had all the evidence we needed to stop it, but NSA management wouldn't let us report it. And then he started talking oh my about God. how they, yes, so they, had, they were trying and trying and trying to rewrite the report and thinking that the NSA managers were just not getting it. So they got threatened. You know, we will, if, you, if you say anything about that, if you send out reports, we'll say that you're breaching um, top secret information and we'll put you in prison 
you know, we'll ruin you. You better shut up or else. And so he's saying this, and I'm just stunned. So he, you yeah. know, the women around him, had like two or three around him trying to comfort him, and he finally stopped crying and went back to his office. And I said, dear God, can that be true? And I listened for months to hear anything like that. But no, nobody said anything like that. And I said, well, I don't even know the guy's name, so who would I bring it to? So I had nobody to bring that to. Yeah. But I said, all right, if you want to mistreat me, then I'm going to bring up questions like this. And I don't know whether yeah. it was the fact that I started talking about that or whether um, I had actually turned some of the people who were stalking and harassing me off to the idea of harassing me because I had done an interview with Cher Zeev about the corruption <laughs> of NSA, and I put a link to it on the back of my car. And the people who were following me um, were starting to look up that link because it wasn't that long, and I would see some of them roll their eyes and then turn around at the very next opportunity and quit stalking me. So at that point in time, I was was putting ripples in their stalking harassment uh, program. And what I noticed next was not that they quit stalking me, but the people they got to stalk me were driving the junk cars and they looked like druggies, and they looked like gang, gang yeah. members, and they looked like prostitutes. Uh-huh. So the decent people basically said, no, I'm not doing this, and then they got the garbage to continue. So yeah. that was um, – so that went on. Stop you. Let me mm-hmm. yeah. So this man is telling you that they had the information to stop 911. Yes. And it got squashed? For six months. Oh, my God. Do you know, I don't so know the, anybody, and I mean nobody, who believes the official story about that day. I have, in all these years, not met one person, myself included, who believes that story. And it's hard. Uh, all those people died, and I. My, this is my personal thought. I'm speaking for myself here. Dick Cheney, George Bush Jr., Donald Rumsfeld and the rest of that gang all need to be in prison. Every one of them. This, in my opinion, and millions of others, this was an inside job. And 3,000 people lost their lives. And um, I have never figured out other than it was the beginning of what we're dealing with now, this global reset thing and the taking away of our rights, the attacks on the Constitution and all of that. It preceded all of that and made a lot of it easier than it would have been. But that's those are my thoughts on that. I can't imagine how that man felt. I, I just can't imagine. Well, the interesting thing was that was 2001. In 2009, I met another NSA analyst who obviously had worked in the same office or near there who told exactly the same story without my ever mentioning the first man. Wow. And guess what? He was stalked and harassed out of a job, told he was paranoid, delusional, couldn't have a clearance. Jeez, imagine that. Uh, Marcel Reed is on uh, with us here. Marcel, did you want to chime in here? (laughs) Apparently not. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. Uh, well, okay. Yeah, so I know she's you know, listening in. She she runs the summit, the the grassroots whistleblower summit. She sets that up every year there in D.C. and uh, okay. which is how I know her. I I speak there okay. on guardianship abuse. But anyway, um, <laughs> so you've got a second man 
Okay. Yeah, okay. to so confirm. That a second man. And at the same time, NSA was trying to push me out the door on fabricated lies to protect themselves. And by the way, the woman who was the quote-unquote branch slut um, turned out to be a honeypot who had slept her way through a lot of upper management. And she seems to have been under the protection of the gentleman who was SES and other people with ties to Israeli military. So my opinion is that she was a Mossad honeypot because in the next 10 years after that, Israel was pretty famous for selling American secrets to China. So in my opinion, that's what was going on. So what I stumbled across was not just the theft of my work credit and double promotion, which is very rare, but I stumbled onto a Mossad honeypot operation, and that's why they had to get me the hell out of there. That's my uh, opinion. That's what I've put together. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so in uh, Florida, they're stalking and, and harassing. In Florida, the civilians are stalking and harassing me, thinking I'm some kind of horrible person. And then I, you know, start to talk about 9-11. And I had also put like a monkey wrench in their stalking harassment where they had to dig down into the gutter to get people to harass me. So one or both of those made them come up with directed energy weapons at the end of November 2015, which hit me and my elderly parents and our combined four dogs for almost a year. All right, I ended up Can you moving. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, no, I was just going to say, same... I'm, I'm, I'm watch... <laughs> uh, go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead, Karen. Well, no, I was just going to okay. say, I, I want you to talk as much as you're able to about these directed energy weapons okay and, well first people, you know, which first people mm-hmm. well these are what is in the newspaper right now and they're calling them microwave okay microwave okay. is one type of weapon along this electromagnetic spectrum okay they okay. can also use heterodyning they can use a lily wave they can there are just all kinds of types depending on the frequency they use but what they hit us with to begin with was microwave. And I had the vaguest idea what was going on immediately, and then I realized what was going on. And I ended up moving into the laundry room to sleep around metal until I could figure out shielding. Now, despite oh, wow. um, my, my taking to shielding pretty quickly, um, within the first few, uh, like two or three months, I ended up getting heart damage, bleeding in the brain. Um, damaged vision to be damaged. Um, in fact, several bouts of what a uh, dermatologist called radiation dermatitis. That means you go to go to sleep in the bed, you get burned all night, you wake up, and you look like you have a horrible sun uh, burn. But it's not sun. Oh, my God. Yes. And there oh, have wow. been people, I know oh, wow. people who have gone to the hospital with second and third degree burns. In fact, one woman's brother was hit with this, ended up in the hospital. They told the family, we think we may have to remove both arms because they're turning black. Oh, my God. And he died before oh they could God. do it. So Jamie there are Christmas. some horrible, horrible murders and deaths going on across the United States now. And they're being arranged 
by fusion centers, FBI fusion centers. They are vengeance for hire entities. That's all they are. They're into setting people up to pretend that there are thousands and thousands of people who are dangerous to the United States, and they attack these people out of the blue. You know, maybe somebody says, oh, I don't like Kevin Smith. You need to put him down as a terrorist. Just make something up and then run with it. Or they get an order from somebody like Raytheon or one of the um, one of those uh, contractors. They say, you know, we've got a new weapon. We need to, tr- to try it out on people. So we need about 50 people in your area declared to be terrorists so that according to the NDA, NDAA and the PAA, we can kill them because they're terrorists. So we can kill them however we like. We can um, test these weapons on them for months or years, see how soon they die and of what. So we want you to just declare, secretly declare 50 or so people terrorists. And uh, what I found out was that the fusion center will give the local police folders on every single one of the people they're targeting. And the police are told, you're not allowed to help these people. You're not allowed to take police reports. If they persist, we need you to write them down as psychotic. And if they keep pushing, then we need you to put them in a mental institution. Or, if you can, frame them for a crime and do what we want to them inside a prison. And they will have no rights whatsoever. So this is going on and um, across the country. And I have a Facebook page that has like 3,000 people most of which are victims. There have been a few who have died. You know, they have one lady uh, apparently died from radio frequency weapons, and it made the coroner think she died of COPD, but her circumstances were not correct for COPD. So this is going on. Coroners don't know or are frightened, you know. So they'll put down the closest thing possible. Um, and ignore that, you know, this or that hard fa- heart valve was burned. Well, how was it burned inside somebody's body? Well, it was burned by right. a, a directed energy weapon because they will burn you from the inside out. In fact, I've had people who, who've told friends or relatives in the military who are familiar with this, you know, what's going on, and the military people have said, oh, my God, they're cooking them. They're burning them up. They're killing Karen, them. Karen, do you remember... Um, the Iraq War, I mean, we all do, but um, there was a Senate hearing, and that general got up and talked exactly about this, about these microwave weapons. And he very cavalierly said, you know, he said, the, the thing with it is, he said, you have to figure out how far away to be. He said, too close, and he said, blood spurts out of every orifice of their body. And <laughs> he said, too far away, he said, they suffer for quite a while. But he said, the best part of it is there's no outward sign of injury, so they can't yep. nail us. Honestly, exactly. that almost threw up. And, yeah. uh, and I told everybody at the time, you need to pay attention to what they're doing to the Iraqis because they're going to bring this stuff home. They're going to they bring have. it home. This is a test run. Yeah, go ahead. Well, that's what they're doing with, that's what they're doing with whistleblowers and other inconvenient people or just random people, you know, and the fusion center will go flash a badge, go to somebody's neighborhood and say, oh, so-and-so is a a horrible threat. We need you to help 
us murder him. Don't worry. Um, we'll give you the weapons, and you just aim them at them 24-7. Um, eventually, they'll succumb to it, and a coroner won't know the difference between this and a heart attack or a brain hemorrhage or something like that. Yeah. But, you know, you'll kill them. And basically, they will get... Uh, in the neighborhood to hit you at the same time. They'll triangulate on you, and then if one of them goes on vacation, they'll bring in a fourth. Um, it's usually from line-of-sight houses, and if one of those people goes away, then they'll bring a van to sit in front of that house or a nearby house that has a weapon that can aim at you instead of the person who's on vacation. So it's very clear, very obvious, and a lot of the time the vans are devoid of license plates, oddly enough. Um, so uh-huh. they have a whole racket going. I mean, you know, they even will break into somebody's house and re, reroute or redo wiring so that the house itself gives off dirty electricity so that boosts the, um, the, the toxic environment the person is in and kills them quicker. So, you know, wow. I, I actually wrote a letter to uh, Lynn Wood and uh, some of Trump's lawyers. I said, look, this is going on. Be very, very careful because they may end up doing it to you. So be careful. And this is what you look for. And I think Lynn Wood came out and said a few months later, he said, I think I'm being hit by this stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, and I tried to tell malicious. I said, you know, it doesn't matter how many guns, how many people you have. They can fry you. They can sit yeah. on a hill yeah. far away and fry you. In fact, they yep. actually desiccated an entire, and I don't remember the size of the army group, but they were defending the um, airport in Fallujah, and the Americans couldn't make headway. They just could not make any type of progress. So what they did was they brought out microwave weapons and desiccated these men to death. They were dried skin and bones. They picked up all of the refuse shall we say, and about two inches of topsoil, gathered all the bodies and two inches of topsoil, took them to an unknown location in the desert and dumped them because they didn't want anybody to know what they'd done. Now, that was on YouTube um, for a while, and then it got yanked down. It was a horrendous Uh, war crime. Well, that's just it, Karen. You know, this stuff, we've used it on other people, and they brought it home, and it, it, this may sound off to you, but to me, our government views us as the biggest threat to them. And, it you know, we're sound. in the process of a, a democide right now with this fake virus thing, and I don't mean to bring that into the conversation, but that's basically what this is about, is depopulation, getting rid of people they don't want, or they don't see as, you know, or useful to them. Or maybe they're, you know, politically opposed, whatever. But they have done this um, to to so many other countries and other people and then came home and bragged about it. Um, it, it and like I say, you know, I've told people what they're doing, the sound weapons. Uh, they used those out in Pennsylvania, tested them out, uh, you know, and deafened. I don't know how many people caused their eardrums to burst, uh, just did all sorts of things. And everybody's going, oh, isn't that cool? No, it's not cool. And the oh the attempts to strike down the Second Amendment, I, I've told everybody, and Biden in his delirium here recently said, you know, your guns mean nothing. We've got nuclear bombs. 
Yeah, and but this is what I've told people. They don't care what you've got because compared to what they've got and are prepared to use on you, makes your gun look like a pea shooter. And But what they want is to take away that sense of empowerment that comes from having a gun, that sense that you can defend yourself, that it's empowering to people. That's what they want to destroy. And then they'll do whatever they want to you. But they don't want the mess. You know, they, they don't want bullets firing. They, these silent weapons that you're talking about will take any number of people out and without a shot fired. And they don't they, want the mess. So go no, ahead. They can I'm sorry. Out, no, that's okay. They can take out one specific person or they can take out a town or a city. Yes. Yes. And when I was, that was another committee hearing or Senate hearing that I read the transcript on. And they were talking about 5G and they want to go to 6G now. But they were talking about 5G at the time and these directed energy weapons. And they said, we can take out one house, a city block, or the whole city. And this was connected to smart meters. And nobody will ever know what happened. And then there was that Palisades fire out there in California. Forest fire, terrible forest fire that left the grass on the ground green, the leaves on the trees standing, and every house incinerated into the ground. And yep, directed they at all it. had smart meters. This, this, yep. And, you know, people were going, okay. people, honestly, Karen, people sent me pictures and said, Marty, look at this. Look at this. Isn't this something, this forest fire? I said, where's the forest fire? All the trees are standing. Automobiles melted and twisted, some of yeah. them with people in them. And they came back and said, what was it, uh, PG&E, mm-hmm. that they were testing something, and they got supposedly fined $40 billion for this. And every time these big corporations get fined, there's no proof that that fine was ever paid or who it was paid to, what agency or person. But they, oh, we fined them. Well, I'm sure that meant a lot to the people whose houses were sitting there in ashes. But this stuff, this is the stuff of nightmares, Karen. I mean, it just is. It, it truly is. I mean, this technology is, people have described it as demonic. And it reminds me of the uh, the verse in the Bible that talks about Satan being the prince of the airways. And, I, and when I uh-huh. saw that again after about all this, I said, oh, my gosh. You know, because that describes it perfectly well. But, you know, these weapons, yeah. I don't think, uh, are Geneva Convention approved because they're too cruel for war. But they're yes. decimating our populations. And uh, like I said, whistleblowers, any kind of inconvenient people. I've met more than one ex-wife of a contractor who was put on the fake terrorist watch list because she divorced the mm-hmm. psychopath. Yeah. Well, there's 8 million of us on these lists now. I'm sure I'm on two or three uh, people suspected domestic terrorists. You know, on watch lists, you ought to see when I go through the airport, girl. Uh, <laughs> it's a mess. And uh, But, uh, you know, 8 million of us on these lists for no other reason than we disagreed and we spoke out. Or mm-hmm. whatever reason, like you're talking about these ladies um, for having divorced somebody, getting put on one of these lists. What? 
it's it, the lunatics are running the asylum. This is some they of the are. craziest crap I have heard in a long time. Well, I I was glad for one contractor to come out and say that uh, that name is Tori, and she was talking about the fact that the people she was working with were getting uh they were, they were pushing her to frame people to go into their computers forensically and frame them for crimes they had not done so oh my she God. is a big boy speaking out yeah it's a business they've turned framing people into a business achievement christmas this is and just... i think that you know i was well, framed for something yeah it's something we don't know what and, uh, yeah. you know, you would think with 28 years in there, obviously you're committed and, you know, you're doing your job and you did some extraordinary work there at the last. You would have thought they'd have, that made all of these same people look good. Why would they do this to you? Well, I, I don't <laughs> understand. Nobody's safe. Nobody's safe. I tripped over something that showed they were engaging, that upper management was engaging in espionage and treason. Ah, see. Pure and simply. Okay. Pure and simply. It wasn't just the theft of my work to promote the branch, but as I first thought, when I investigated it further and when I saw the, the, the management hierarchy that was getting involved in trying to frame me and fire me. I said, okay, something just really stinks about this. This is an insane overreaction to embarrassing yes. somebody who couldn't keep it in his pants at work. And so it became more yeah. and more insane. And I started digging and investigating the people and I found the Israeli military connection. So I said, this and is And she has been suspected of, of, for years um this uh, inclusion of Israel in everything we're doing, basically running a lot of it. And the Mossad is considered the largest terrorist organization on the earth. And uh, this thing of going back to the Holocaust, oh, look what they did to us in the Holocaust, look what they did to us in the Holocaust. It wasn't just you, sweetie. There was about 17 million other people of various nationalities and creeds. How this got turned into being about one specific group, I don't know, but it was really some good advertising. But <clears throat> this thing of them being so embedded in our government and this thing of rah-rah in Israel, they're committing genocide on the Palestinians. They've stolen their land, and they go back to the, uh, well, God said this was our land forever. And my question to a show host out in Boston who's no longer on the air as a result was, are you Hebrew? What? I said, are you Hebrew? He goes, what does that mean? I said, no, you're not. You're blonde-haired, blue-eyed. You're Eastern European. And I said, the chosen people of the Bible were the Hebrew, dark-skinned, nappy hair. You want to find them? Go to Ethiopia and Greece. That's where they migrated to with the Roman occupation. But those were God's chosen people. You aren't any more than I am. And... But this leaning on this stuff that they themselves don't even believe. Uh, you can't be that evil and tell me you believe in God. You're following God's. No, you're not. No, no, you're not. Where did God tell you to kill off the Palestinians and kill, take their land? And, um, you know, it's like 
here about a year and a half ago, it came out that the Israelis were snatching Palestinian children and using them for organ harvesting. And Netanyahu was still in office at the time. And his response to that said, well, yeah, we are. They're nothing but animals anyway. Oh, and everybody went, oh, okay. You know, and it's like they didn't call him the butcher of Palestine for nothing. Um, but this this thing of Israel being in everything that we do and this, you know, I support our Senate before it will you can be seated in the Senate. Not only do you have to incorporate yourself, but you have to swear an oath to Israel to support Israel. Now, I'm sorry if I ever got in that position. That ain't coming out of my mouth. My oath is to the United States. And if Israel wants to hang on to our coattails, well, we'll see. But I'm not swearing an oath to Israel. And if they won't swear it, they can't be seated. And it, there was things I learned about this over all these years, Karen, that, my God, it's a wonder we're still here at all. And the corruption, there is more crime committed in these federal agencies than there is out here in the public on any given day. And somebody might think steal so. a loaf of bread out there, but just but just like you're talking about, here's the guys at the top of the agency. You were committing treason, and they're still there, still there. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I would Go say ahead. That, no, the, the head of NSA during 9-11 and his deputy need to be tried because of 9-11. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot and of like the I upper said, men. Dick Cheney. Yeah. yeah, Dick Cheney, George Bush, Condoleezza Rice, Rumsfeld, that whole bunch needs to be, they need to be in prison somewhere. Well, Donald Rumsfeld just passed away, I guess, so he got away free. And, uh, but I, I just, I don't, I don't know. What did, did you ever hear anything about what the reason was that they did this? And I've heard all kinds of speculation on it. But what was the reason 911 happened? Do you have any idea? I cannot give you anything but my speculation, and I'm on board with okay. you in that it was pretty much a crystal nacht, a reason, a uh-huh. false flag to clamp down on our freedoms and declare one set of people to be terrorists, let in millions and millions of them, then say, you can't be bad to these people, that's not nice, and then declare everybody not belonging to that group to actually be the terrorists, you know, the Christians, Uh the patriots, the institutionalists, all of a sudden, they're all white supremacists. I'm almost 65. I've never met a white supremacist. You'd think that I would have. But no, I don't know one. I've never met one. (laughs) Have you? I Uh, have. You know, I mean, I've I've lived all over the United States. My dad, again, was in the Air Force. We moved everywhere. I had all kinds of friends, um, and I never met one. Well, most of them won't admit that they are unless they're in, like, company, and for good reason, um, because they are repugnant to the general population. And they it's like the Klan, you know. Uh, you never know somebody's in the Klan until they drive by with their sheet and their, you know, hood on. And... Um, but it's just, yeah, I have and, and the arrogance. Where did you come to think that because you were white, you were better than everybody? I can't get my head around that, Karen. I cannot get my head around that kind of thinking. It's not logical to me. 
it doesn't make sense on any level. And I, I, I just don't get it. I truly don't. But yes, I have met them. They are the most obnoxious, uneducated in most cases, um, illiterate in many cases, uh, basically backwoods, trailer trash types um, that, that buy into that. But they've got a few people at the top that are wearing a suit. And this basically gives them some sort of credibility, obviously. But no, I, oof, no. And you get a horrendous bad feeling, these people, just this very negative energy. Um, they're driven by hate and insecurity and <laughs> all kinds of negative things. It, it, it's, you'd be glad you never met them. But you probably didn't, didn't know it. You know, in, in all these travels, you probably encountered them, especially if you were anywhere here in the South. Uh, you probably just didn't know it. They have a hatred for us Northerners, for one thing, uh, fear more than anything else. And um, I, I had lived down here many years ago. I've been back here about a year because of my kids and grandkids. And But I'm a Northerner. And this time coming back down here was almost as bad as the first time. Many things have changed. Many things have not. And But... It's like being flung onto another planet. The difference in that culture and the mindset of people and um, this kind of myopic thinking that I'm white, so I must be right about everything. I wish that was true because <laughs> then I would never be wrong, but I too often am. And uh, But, you know, it's just like I say, you probably did and didn't know it. And around people like you, who are educated and well-placed, you know what I'm saying, um, they tend to be quiet and to, you know, uh, stay silent because they, they're up against something they can't compete with. And um, anyway, that's those are my thoughts. And for all you white supremacists that might be listening, you can kiss my <laughs> fluffy white ass because I don't care. But anyway, I'm sorry, Karen, go ahead. <laughs> oh, no. Um, like I said, I mean, it's, Basically, the fusion centers are told, we'll get down to this, um, that somebody needs to be targeted or a number of people do. And the process is to get the main fusion center to write up a false dossier to accuse them of something, uh -huh. of course. Um, you know, it could be based on something very slight that's totally perverted and twisted, or it just could be absolutely totally out of the blue. So that's process okay. has started and this this is interesting if you are to be targeted they will uh put a gps chip in you somehow or another so that they can keep track of you everywhere you go and why do i say this well it's not only borne out by a lot of people that i've talked to hundreds if not thousands of people in the last five years or so but on my way to florida um, in late 2014, early 2015, after my lawyer had asked the EEOC judge for a subpoena, which he ignored, they realized I knew one of the people, uh, I could identify him as having broken into my house because I saw him leaving it. Um, and I went to get, and this, this was, I, I don't usually get vaccines, all right, because I want my immune system just to do what it does. But because I was going to see my parents who were in their mid to late 80s, I decided to get a flu shot, and they oddly said, oh, we don't have any, come back tomorrow. So I went back, got a flu shot, which, again, I rarely do, 
And in the next Mm -hmm. two days, I'll be darned if something wasn't trying to poke out of the arm. I said, okay, this is extraordinarily bizarre. It was like something was something was trying, like my arm was trying to push something out of the arm. Yes. And I I spent a few days watching it to see if this lump would go down. And finally it did. I was just about getting ready to go to the doctor when it went down. And so it was time for me to go to Florida. I went to Florida and uh, I noticed, I said, I feel like I'm being watched and followed again. And so I noticed, you know, a couple odd things. And I said, okay, you're just imagining it. So I let it go. And uh, soon within, you know, within a, gosh, it was a, like March or so of 2015, and I went, ended up going down early 2015, late 2014, I said, I'll be darned, I am being followed. And NSA is nowhere near, nowhere around. I said, it must be the fusion center, you know. Something has to have happened. I must have pissed them off to ask for the subpoena to get, uh, basically we're trying to get the state of Maryland to give us the driver's license photo and information for a particular man I knew had broken into my house. And that's pissed off NSA. They said, okay, she's on to us. Um, and he uh, was the main character that I found had military contacts with, with Israel, okay? So at okay. that point in time, I started being, started being um, attracted and, and stalked and harassed. And it was interesting because um, one of the nights that I was there visiting, my parents were both um, visiting a sister. So I was there alone with the dogs. And the next morning, all four, uh, all four dogs and myself woke up at 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. Uh-huh. You know, when you have four large dogs, they went out at 6 a.m. <laughs> you know, so yes. I said that is yes. the most bizarre thing because I got up thinking, oh Lord, I've got a, um, you know, the carpet's going to be absolutely soaked with the, you know, from four big dogs not being able yes. to get outside. They were asleep. I said, okay, something has happened that put them and me asleep. So I later learned wow. that they can put everybody in a home asleep uh, with frequencies, with certain frequencies. In fact, they, can, they have studied frequencies to the point they can almost induce anything with frequencies. They can induce depression to the point somebody commits suicide, which makes me think about all of the veterans who have committed suicide. Was that yes. really natural or were they getting rid of them? Okay. So... You know, at that point in time, I thought that was strange, and then I later learned about the the fact that they will put a well, they'll they'll triangulate you. They'll put a chip in each ear canal or behind the ear, um, and in the nasal cavity, so they can triangulate your your brain to hit you. And this is part of Obama's brain research. They're trying to destroy ah. your brain and research how it deteriorated. So and, and punish you for telling the truth or asking questions or speaking the truth. So at that point oh, in time, wow. I started getting horrific, horrific headaches that would not respond to painkiller. And I found out after three trips to the ER that you can only get rid of the headaches or mitigate them with an anti-inflammatory because they are doing okay. a thermal and elastic um, swelling of the inner brain which is very harmful and can kill you so they will do things to put you in the hospital like people have been in obviously staged car accidents and they will put you in the hospital to insert chips 
that you don't know about, or even to insert nano. Um, they used what Raytheon calls a raven's claw on me uh, a few weeks down the road from that incident to make me think I had a kidney stone. I had never had a kidney stone. So I tolerated as long as I could, and I ended up going to the ER. And they said, oh, well, from the, the description, you've got a kidney stone, so we'll take x-rays. And so I waited and waited and waited and waited and waited and waited. And a uh, doctor finally came in and said, okay, here's your x-rays. There's a kidney stone. It'll be gone within a week, but there'll be more pain, so we'll give you some, some um, you know, painkiller. And he said, oh, I see you've had an organ removed. And I said, no, what? I have, yeah. He said, I see you have an, you've had an organ removed. And that was an off-the-cuff remark that I'm sure you guys had no idea the doctor would make, and he wasn't in on it because he obviously made the remark innocently. And I said, no, I've never had an organ removed ever, never had an operation. And he said, okay, well, this isn't your x-ray. So he went oh. to try to find my x-ray. He went to try to find my x-ray, but there wasn't one. There was, oh my but God. it was shown... No kidney stone. Yeah. So I got released. Find your x-ray. And you know what that was for? That was to put nano into my body through the IV that they said was for the pain. When I got home, uh-huh. uh, there wasn't any more pain. I never passed a kidney stone. But being hit with the directed energy weapons was much more acute. It was much more painful. Why? Because the nano catches and reflects the directed energy weapons. It will make you sick okay. and it will harm you and it will kill you much quicker than the person standing next to you because you have nano and they do not. So they have invaded your oh, body geez. multiple times to target you, to target and torture you. And this is one of the reasons the police are told, oh, they're crazy. Somebody standing right next to them doesn't feel a thing and they're claiming to be dying yeah. from being burned up inside. They're just crazy. Just ignore them. Well, I had, during, during that time period, I had a brother who was a little dubious, and I said, come stay with us, you know. And, and in fact, my, it was during the time that, I think within days of my parents leaving to, to visit um, a sister, uh, he said, okay, I'll come and stay. And I, and I said, you know, I'm, part of the reason I'm asking you is because if there's another human being in the house, the weapons won't be turned up so high. And he said, okay, whatever. And so he came and was hanging out and at one point in the evening he looked over at me and said oh my god these are hurting he said what the heck he said all of them i said yeah mine are too he said what i said yeah it's the weapon he said you're kidding so he even without nano he was feeling it in fact he had a, a girlfriend come over and stay one evening and she said i should get the hell out of here she said i am sick to my stomach my brain hurts she said i have never felt like this before i have to get out of this house oh my god so hold on a second yeah. here karen and, we've got a mm-hmm. we've got a caller on and i think i know who this is tanya hi i'm you know hi. i don't know why my jaw dropped how are you <laughs> Good. Um, good. Yeah, it's, it, I'm. I tuned in a little bit late, so I apologize. But um, I, I, again, I don't know why my jaw dropped. But I'm just wondering: Are you referring to the vaccine or or the nanoparticles regarding the testing? 
No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the fact that when they target someone, when the fusion center targets someone, they will inject mm -hmm. them uh, surreptitiously any way they can, whether causing a car accident, whether causing a, an injury or making them feel like they have an injury. They will target them in the hospital, put chips in them to track them and also to help target them, locate them. And they will also put nanoparticles into the person's blood to enhance the torture that comes from directed energy weapons. So this is separate, but, but not necessarily unrelated to what's going on with the vaccine. I believe everything oh, you're wow. saying. You know, I believe everything you're saying because, you know, the big thing that I've been thinking and feeling and talking about lately as Marty and you obviously, you know, have crossed this path is why? You know, why is this happening? What is the logical reason behind, behind why this is happening. And instead of trying to turn a horoscope that has nothing to do with you into you, you've got to look at the simplest explanation, which is pretty obvious to all of us, I think. I just had a hip surgery, a re hip replacement. I found out a couple of days ago that I went into shock. I was in, in shock, and I was resuscitated through IV fluid with blood in it. The, the, oh. This is the part where I get concerned. The second yeah. part with blood in. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. What do you think? At this point in time, I would be concerned to get blood at all because they are allowing people who have been vaccinated to donate. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I guess I... Time I to did. overdose with uh, yeah. ivermectin or something like that, you know, or prophylactically try to, you know, <laughs> ward that off. Anyways, I appreciate you taking yeah. my call, Marty, you, you know, and letting me yeah. on. This is an amazing, amazing guest that you have. So I'll just, I'll, I'll yes. wind myself down and, and I'll, I'll keep listening. But what a story. Okay. Um, thank you so yes. very much for sharing that. And I'll stay in the background, you know, unless you want, All right. me, Thanks, you want me to chime in. All right. <laughs> All right. Karen, we, Tanya is the host of of um, one of my shows that I produce, and she works mostly on the state of Oklahoma, prison reform, and the corruption oh. that goes on there. Um, it's quite a successful show. Uh, there again, another big, giant audience, and uh, but uh, she's usually pretty up on things. Uh, when When your brother reacted to this, what at, at the end of his reaction? What were his thoughts? What what was he? He didn't well, think he, you were crazy anymore, did he? <laughs> well, he didn't think I was crazy to begin with, and my family has never no, turned I against don't. me. I so I'm just saying pretty, yeah. well, <laughs> well, you know, I'm very lucky yeah. in that my family has never turned against me. Um, they pretty much said, "Okay, well, if Karen says it." You know, and I've had that reaction from yeah. friends at, Net, at the National Security Agency, and they said, no, if you say it, something's going on, you know, because I yeah. was uh, well regarded as having, you know, being very frank and open and honest and logical. So n nobody has really jumped to that conclusion except for the people at NSA trying to smear me, you know, and then they, they know that's not even true. Yeah. But uh, it was interesting right. to me that after several days, my brother was feeling it, so it started to soak in. And then during some of the worst attacks, when my parents came back, my father, who I look the most like and physically resemble much more than my mother, he would get sick as well, even though my mother wouldn't necessarily. 
I mean, she would get burned in the night just like he would, but she wasn't having the nausea and the horrific brain inflammation headaches. He would turn to her or me and say, take me out of the house, drive me somewhere else. I can't stand it. So physically, because he, you know, they take the brain frequency. That's part of how they can target you. But the thing is, if anybody is, related to you and has a a very similar physiology, they will feel it. Uh, Uh I had that happen one time with a nurse who was starting to get sick. And I said, you know, that's interesting. So she must be, her brain frequency must be very similar to mine because she's not likely chipped or had nano put in her. And I had a friend in Florida who told me eventually after a a handful of times of me visiting her, she said, you know, she said, every time you come over here, Within half an hour, I have a terrible headache. And I had told her, I said, tell me if you feel bad because your house is getting hit because I'm visiting you. You know, I said, and I can leave. And, you know, she, wonderful lady that she, <laughs> that she is, she said, oh, I need you to visit. So we all die sometimes, so just, you know, visit. And then yeah. she admitted, she said, you know, I am getting headaches. And I said, and when I leave, the headaches go away, don't they? And she said, yeah, within like 20 minutes. Oh, wow. So they will, they not only stalk and harass you, but when they decide to hit you with the directed energy weapons, they have people on standby who can track you, and they will see if your car is moving, and they will track you to wherever you go. In fact, they try to hit you as you drive. I've I've had that happen. But they have devices in their cars in the back and the front, and they try to get in back and in front of you to hit you from both angles. And if you go to a friend's house, they will park on the street, um, three different areas, and hit the friend's house. If you go to a doctor's appointment, they will hit you there. If you go to the grocery store, they will hit you there. And they are to follow you around and hit you with this as much of 24-7 as possible because they don't want your cells to rejuvenate and expel any of these toxins that you're getting from the frequencies because they want you dead as soon as possible. Oh, wow. So that's part of their motive. Oh, God. And it doesn't matter if you're visiting a friend who has a newborn. It doesn't matter if you're visiting somebody with a 109-year-old granny in the house. They don't care. They have killed other people when they were meaning to kill, quote, unquote, the target, but they don't care. In fact, um, you know, I know a lady whose three-year-old son was microwave because she is. And her crime oh, man. was to be related to a singer um, in the 60s whose music is still giving royalties to the family, and they want her dead because they don't want her to get the royalties anymore. So this is being used oh, my not God. only by government crooks. They're being, it's being used by anybody with connections, anybody with big business, anybody who's rich <laughs> can basically wow. you know, target somebody and killed, tortured and killed. And it's slow kill because they don't want the coroners to say this person was hit with some kind of electronic weapon. Yeah. They want to slow kill them to confuse the coroners. Oh, my God. This is just absolutely, it's, it's just making the hair on the back of my neck stand up and goosebumps down my arms. I just, <laughs> you know, this is going to sound far-fetched, Karen, but for the last couple of years I've been seeing different uh, scientific offerings here and there about them 
thinking there are two, if not three, distinct human species. And Mm. this makes sense to me because there are too many of these predator types, too many of these sociopaths, psychopaths, whatever they are, roaming around in the general population that have no concern, no consideration for anyone else. It's all about them, what they want, what they want. They'll do anything. They don't care. They don't care about the misery, the pain, the suffering. They don't care. There's too many of them. They have no empathy, no sympathy. Uh, you know, they, no human emotion. And every time I hear stuff like this, that keeps coming to mind that this is a whole other species that is able to prey on the rest of us because whether they realize it or not, they are different from us. And they they always say, you know, psychopaths, sociopaths are born. They aren't made. Um, I just, listening to this is just, just absolutely incredible. What are you doing today to protect yourself? Uh, you know, there are, well, you figure out shielding. I'm, one of the things that I'll tell you is that what you're looking for are any type of material that either absorb heat, because they do fry you, um, and reflect. So you need a reflective okay. uh, surface, some of the weapons, and you need heat absorption for other types of weapons. And the very best thing in the world to do is combine them because otherwise they can dial up the frequency right. needed to penetrate a certain single material. But if they penetrate that single material, then there's another one that they have to readjust the dial, and then they don't get through the first one anymore. So... There's a plethora of hodgepodge materials that the civilians being hit are using. Of course, if we were military and had access, we would have some very good materials that are meant for that, but we don't. So we have to innovate. Okay. And so I tell the people that are contacting me uh, all the material that I think are uh, that is helpful. And so a lot of people have thanked me for that. And it's trial by error, you know. Yeah. Wow. That's just, I just don't know how you've endured all this, especially for 10 years. Did they, did they ever attempt to charge you with anything other than just, you know, their rumoring and, you know, trying to create a case where there was none, you know, about your psychological condition, you know, all of this. Did they ever actually try to charge you with anything? Nothing whatsoever. In fact, NSA's paperwork when they fired me said not a word specific. They said, okay, she basically failed to meet the qualifications of her classification, her, her um, you know, the, the top secret clearance that she held. That doesn't tell you anything. Okay. It tells you nothing. In no. fact, in early 15, you know, when I said that they got the fusion center in Florida to spread rumors and tell people I was this horrid danger, um, I had written to the Department of Justice and said, is there any type of charge against me? Has somebody made a complaint? You know, blah, blah, blah. You know, I wrote them a FOIA. And in early 2015, the Department of Justice wrote me a letter back saying, we have no derogatory information on you whatsoever. And yet, a few weeks later, I'm being stalked, harassed, and people are trying to murder me. Wow. Jiminy Christmas. Yeah, that way nothing could be traced back to them. And leave a trail. There you- this is, yeah. You know, years ago, um, I lived up in Minnesota there, and 
and uh, it was on a completely different topic, the, the pedophilia in the Catholic Church, and I was doing public speaking for some of the victims of that, and I was in downtown St. Cloud, but it, that morning, I had had my car at the shop, and they had it up on the rack, and the mechanic came out, and he said, Marty, come in here, I want you to see something, and here, one of these uh, gizzies had been put in my wheel well, these GPS trackers, oh, and it's yeah. magnetic, and he said, I can't touch that. If I do, I said, well, I can. I took a screwdriver and pried it off. I had to go into <laughs> St. Cloud later that afternoon and uh, had it in my purse. I'm walking down the street by the cop shop with a bunch of other people, and I pulled this thing out. I said, this was on my car. What do you think I should do with it? Everybody's going, I don't know. I don't know. I, there, was, we were, there were three police cars parked right in a row, and as we went by one, I stuck it up in the wheel well on that, and we went on. <laughs> But uh, I thought, now track that. And um, But uh, I checked my car constantly after that. Uh, you know, that well, the Catholic Church up there has so much sway. They own everything and everybody. And uh, so this didn't surprise me. But if it just hadn't for, had been for having some work done on my car, I'd have never known it and would never thought to look. Yeah. But, um, you know, this thing of tracking people... To me, this speaks of gross paranoia. Um, it, and, you know, as we talked about earlier, putting people on these lists, like you say, 8 million of us on watch lists, 8 million people. I mean, the the idea of that, that and then that big down in Bluffdale, uh, Utah, that big data collection center down there that collects every word you say, every phone call, text message, email, they scan your mail at the post office, who you're getting mail from, who you're sending mail to. You can't do anything. Any social media basically is just data mining. And just in case they ever want to charge you with something, they'll create a case out of all of that. And it just – people keep talking about, well, well you know, the terrorists, the, ter- the terrorists are here, sweetie. You put them in office. Um, yep. And – and, I mean, that's just the truth. The enemy is inside the gate. And the people you the D- need to fear are sitting out there on the East Coast. Yes, the it DHS, just, the FBI fusion centers, they are the only terrorists yes, to speak of. Yes, yes. That's the terrorists you need to fear. They're the only ones. You know, Karen, it's like when they came out with the Patriot Act. And, by the way, that was originally offered by Joe Biden as a standalone mm-hmm. bill some years ago. Mitch McConnell mm-hmm. for 911 tweaked a couple sections of it and it became the Patriot Act. And they threw it on the floor of the Senate three days after 911 and everybody said yes, and um, except Cynthia McKinney. And yeah. look what they did to her. And, yeah. uh, but, you know, that's the whole thing. As I've told people, you look at that. Patriot Act and the Security Enhancement Act of 2003, which was Patriot Act II, and the only time terrorism or terrorist is mentioned is when there's a direct volley against your constitutional rights and your freedom. It's the only time it's mentioned. And I had people say to me, well, well, you know, it'll stop terrorists. No, see, terrorists don't care what laws you pass. They don't <laughs> care about the law. That's why they're terrorists. But the next time you see one, you run out and wave a copy of the Patriot Act at them and see if it scares them away. Um, There we go. And I've tried to make people understand, Karen, 
This wasn't about any foreign terrorists. This was the, the government declaring you an enemy of them. You're a terrorist. Yeah. You're, you're outside. And I could not get that across to so many people. Um, you know, it's just like their brain shut off or something. But all of this, go back. You, you said something, and I don't mean to be jumping around, but the time is so limited with you. Um, you talked about something pushing out of your arm after this vaccine. Did you get it out? I didn't. It settled down and sunk into the arm, but I would bet you if I could, you know, cut into it that there would be a GPS there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just, that's what I was saying. See, I got a pair of tweezers and just pulled that up. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, you know the thing have. is, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I said I should have, had I known. Yeah, and see, people are scared to death now. Myself included, I've refused to go to the doctor, and I wouldn't go to the hospital on a freaking bet. And, but there's a lot bullying. of people like me out there. Yes. They are. Yes. They're bullying nurses and doctors, and some of the med tech, basically they're bribing to give them copies of your tests or replace them with tests mm-hmm. that they want you to think are yours. So this is yes. Nazi Germany. This is forthright all they do is show up anywhere and convince somebody that hey i'm with homeland security you must do this i mean i've had people say that they had to quit going to restaurants because the restaurants were visited and started to give them food that they got sick from constantly Mm -hmm. yeah it just uh, i don't know i and they will terrorize, they will terrorize, um, you know, blue-collar workers. And, you know, like somebody comes to fix your refrigerator, they pay them to rewire it so it actually gives off dirty electricity. So there's uh-huh. almost nothing you can do as one of these targeted individuals that isn't tampered with, including getting your car fixed, and you don't know whether the car is going to be worse off than when you brought it in. And they do cause car accidents, and they did this for me, so that they can get your car into the shop and put a GPS where you can't get it out. You can't find it. It's in the body oh, wow. work. Yeah. Wow. I just, I don't know. You know, OnStar is one of the worst things you can have in your vehicle. And... The last car I had, I they came with a disc and, you know, plug this in and we'll put our inside. No, I don't want you. And I was driving down the road one day, Karen, I am not a person you want to startle behind the wheel. And I'm busting down the road. <laughs> and all of a sudden, my radio shut off and this voice came on. And this lady called me by name. And she said, are you ready to install your, your OnStar? And at this point, I'm trying to keep my car out of the ditch. <laughs> I said, whoa. What, what is this? But they dogged me forever and even tried to override me and install it in my car. And I knew what it was. I knew that, yeah, they can locate you in case of emergency, but they can also shut your car off and lock you in it or out of it. Um, they can do all kinds of things. Uh, you don't want OnStar in your car. It's not there to help you. Uh, it just, all of this stuff, this cloak and dagger, and I, I don't get it. I just truly don't get it. 
they come out with stuff like oh. GPS. So it'll help us if you're in trouble and blah, blah, blah. And they're using it to track us. Now we've got scannable license plates so that they can track you going down the road. Uh, why? What am I doing? I'm going to the grocery store. What do you care? Uh, this, whatever they come out with that should be a benefit or some kind of help to us always has this ulterior motive, this ulterior reason or object that they're going to use it for that's detrimental to us. And I don't understand that mindset. What is wrong with you that your mind immediately goes to this? You know, if they spend as much time actually helping people as they do harming them, we'd be living in utopia. But I don't think we are. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say when a government intends you harm, this is what they do. And they're obviously up to no good, and they want this in place before you figure out they're up to no good because they don't want you fighting yeah. it. They don't want elections. They just want to have the elite rule forever, and they will decide who the yes. elite are. Yes. It, Karen, this is something I keep telling people. They keep, keep on, oh, they're socialists. It's socialism. That's a, oh, that's communism. That's communism. It's fascism. But it, when you're dealing with any of the isms, that ism is only indicating which group of elites are going to run things if they have their way. That's all it is. Because all of it is fascism. It necessarily produces a slave class. You know, everybody else is left in the dirt, which does communism, socialism. But fascism, the blending of corporate corporation with government. You know, I mean, if we were premised on keeping the church out of government, and somebody been, should have been watching out for these corporations. But um, well, especially the techno techno corporations, they're the worst. Yeah, yeah. They want to turn uh, you just, into. Uh, yes. Yeah. I'm not kidding. And, and you, yeah, and the, the thing is, see, in this global reset, now they're coming out with debit cards for children. This is so that they oh. get used to using that plastic, yes, and they don't, you know, handle cash. And they said this would be great for managing their allowance. Who's holding the checking account on this? Who's making the deposits? And why would a kid need a debit card? I don't know any kid that's got enough money that they need to be, worry about having a debit card. Um, no. But it's to train them to use the plastic and not cash. And... Um, I just, I don't know. I think we're in for some really, really sad days. And I think what is being done to you is going to be done to whole sections of the country as they clean them out and make way for whatever it is they've got planned. And I truly believe that. Um, they're going to use these well, weapons in 5G. Yeah. yeah, the smart meters. I think that thing up in, is a, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, um, the targeted individuals, which is what um, a lot of us call ourselves, even though it was kind of given to us, we, we seem to be the beta test for controlling the population. Yes. yes. Yeah. And look at all those people like up around Los Animas, uh, uh, there in Colorado, that there's that huge, huge tower out there. And um, uh, they, there's like 1,200 people that they said they hear voices all the time. You know, they have hallucinations, everything else. I'm sorry? 
That's V2K. Um, it's called the Voice of God Weapon, and they used it in Iran, I mean in Iraq. And it is a yes. pulse microwave to the cochlea of your ear, and they can tell you, hey, you know, this is God talking. You need to just go ahead and buy that purse, or you need to just kill this guy. And, of course, people yeah. are absolutely astonished, and they have not the vaguest idea what that is. Um, they, yep. In fact, in our army hit a platoon, or maybe larger, I'm not quite sure, of Iraqi soldiers at the very beginning of the invasion, and in um, Arabic told them, this is Allah, drop your weapon. And they did. Yes, and they, they did. Vegas and there was video of yep. that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that became, Karen, that became Operation Moonbeam. And what that is, I've read all about this, too, what that is is when they get ready to make the final push, if there's any pushback, then they're going to make it appear that the God of your choice, like here in the States, to be Jesus, will look like he's descending from heaven and telling you, obey, that's what I want, blah, blah, blah. They tried this out on Afghani prisoners. The same thing, they thought Allah appeared in their cell. Many of them dropped over dead out of fright. Um, Mm. but it scared the crap out of them. And uh, there was that army general uh, when they were using these hologram programs said that in one of the Iraqi villages, they used this hologram and he said, it looked like the whole of the U S army was coming down on this village. He said, complete with sound and dust and everything. And Mm -hmm. he said, it was so realistic. He said, I had to check myself a couple of times. He said, that's how realistic, and and they asked him, well, what was the result? He said, well, virtually everybody dropped dead from fright. And and they say this stuff, Karen, they say it like, you know, we squashed a bunch of bugs. I I, I don't get it. And they don't have any for us than they do for them. Exactly. I, I I know a mother in Missouri who has, she's probably around my age in her 60s, and she has an adult child who is profoundly um, injured, birth injured. Um, and they are using her daughter, remote, from remote position, to target and torture. And my friend can't do anything about it to stop it. And oh this God. is the military in this case. Wow. And that's the whole thing. People ask me, all the time with the way things are going. Do you think our military would actually turn on us? Yeah. Uh, Some of them, yeah. I do. Yeah, look at your police departments. Did you think they'd turn on you? And they're living right there in the same town you are. Yeah. I have, and some of them are not turning a blind eye. They're helping. Yeah. Yeah. And then, see, then um, back during Bush 2, my God, that man was dumber than a box of rocks. But anyway, um, that General Renault from the Air Force signed those civil assistance agreements with Mexico and Canada. And it sounds really good on the surface. I mean, it really does. Uh, they're going to provide – their military is going to provide us assistance. They come in on American soil in case of a forest fire, an earthquake, you know, something we can't handle. Say what? <laughs> Oh, and of course, right. in the case of civil unrest, then I was looking at the 29 Palms debriefing, the questionnaire. They were asking people leaving the service, if you were called back up and you were ordered to, would you fire on U.S. citizens? 
about 84% of them said no. They asked that same question to the Canadian military. If you were brought into the States and ordered to fire on American citizens, which, yeah, they're not related to us. Right. You know, he signed this agreement and supposedly we're committed to it. Under what, what law did this man have the right to commit us to any such agreement? I, and yet nobody said anything. Nobody, not even the Democrats, you know, who were supposed to be against the Republicans or the Republicans who were supposed to be against the Democrats. Nobody said a word. And um, I, I don't know. We're just sunk, Karen. That's all I know. We're just well, sunk. People need to, yeah, people need to wake up and push back as much as possible. Yes, yes. And it, it, that's something that bothers me, too, as I see people in France and Belgium, even in England, by the tens of thousands, if not more, in the streets protesting over what's going on, the lockdowns, the masks, and all this. And here we sit. I told a friend of mine, I said, this is the most apathetic, complacent bunch I have ever seen. They're taking everything away from us. And then people like you are suffering the things they do at the hands of our own government. And there you sit. <laughs> and at, there you the sit. Hands of, uh, at, uh, at the hands of citizens who have no problem taking money to kill another citizen. Yes. Yes. No constitutional rights, no human rights, no civil rights. They don't care. They're getting gift cards, so they don't care. They're um, non-taxable gift cards of tax money. Oh my God, this is just, this is just disgusting. And they're no showing no sign of relenting with you, right? Oh, absolutely not. You know, I have one neighbor now who is probably in his fifties, and he will stand in his yard and act like a five-year-old, calling out at me, saying like "nya nya nya nya." You know that? I mean, seriously. What? Yes. You've got to be kidding. I'm not kidding. I'm oh not my kidding. Asinine. And and his, his excuse for doing this is what? Please tell me. <laughs> oh, he said, well, is he, he, you know, I said, excuse me. And he said, everybody knows you're crazy. Nah, 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 nah. And I said, really? Oh and so God. I wrote him a letter and I said, very professionally, I said, you apparently purport to have medical records on me. And from what you're saying, everybody knows you're crazy. There must be some kind of rumor going around. Have you uh, basically engaged in that? Are you being paid perhaps by my former employer, NSA, to harass me and spread rumors um, because of the lawsuit that I have against NSA? And I sent it to him registered. Well, he had some officials come out to his house to talk to him. And then he has not done that again. But oh, wow. he still hasn't hitting me with the directed energy weapons. Oh, my God. Because this is also this is witness just... intimidating. Level of yep. the so-called morons who are even middle class. They really, this is a wonderful program, and I say that sarcastically, to ferret out the sociopaths and psychopaths among us. Yeah. Well, Karen, you know, that's like, again, going back to this mess over this virus. 
and now they're encouraging people that if you see your neighbor, you know, that if you see something, say something. And, uh, oh, yeah. well, I think I see a bunch of traitors, so I'm speaking up. Um, but, um, you know, they're encouraging people that, and they're talking about if these, when these crews come around to vaccinate you, if you refuse, they're going to tell all your neighbors that you're not vaccinated. Well, please do. At least they'll know I'm not infected. And, um, but uh, this thing of snitching, I mean, this has ballooned. People calling and, and reporting because kids are playing in the park alone. And what's your point? You did. And, uh, right. you know, I mean, it's, it, people calling for the stupidest reasons. There's black people walking through their neighborhood. Oh, good Lord. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, this has just gone insane and the pettiness of it. And but they're training people to snitch. They started it yeah. after nine one one. If you see something, you say something. And they have kept up these snitch programs and this training ever since. It's your duty. If you see something, you need to report it. No, it isn't your duty. Shut your mouth, mind your business. And uh, I always figure people have got the time to do that and taking care of things at home. I don't have time to watch my neighbors. I just don't. <laughs> I'm not interested. I don't care. And, um, I mean, they'd have to roll out of the house with a cannon and blow a hole in the street before you're going to get my attention. But this thing is snitching on people. And call it, I, I don't get it. And we, as a people, we are our own worst enemy. Um, second only right maybe now, to I'm... the government. Yeah. No, I yeah. The government so what do you do this? Collaborators. Say what? Say I said what? the government couldn't be doing this without collaborators. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If the public be doing didn't this participate. Without... Right. Yep. Yep. Um, go back to these fusion centers for a minute. Um, was it you who told me they're all privately owned? Yes. I tried to FOIA okay. one years ago, and they wrote back to me and said, oh, we that don't got have you to put answer on. for you. We're privately owned. Yeah, see, now that got you put on a list. You know that if you FOIA anything, you immediately go on a suspect list. Uh, so we got <laughs> your number. And uh, <laughs> But uh, I just found that out here recently, and I FOIAed a whole bunch of stuff. And I must be on 10,000 lists. I'm not kidding you. And um, <laughs> I got to tell you, I went to fly here some years ago. And uh, uh, I realized walking down the concourse that I was being followed. Yeah, I just knew I was. And I kind of stopped and glanced back. There's two gentlemen who turn out to be air marshals. Um, but they're oh, off down a ways from me. And it's when I stopped, they stopped. And each one of them's pretending to look in a window or in a shop or something. I took off walking. They take off walking. You know the routine. And <laughs> the... The gate I was at was at the end of the concourse, and it was one of those circular gates right across from his, his um, like a Dunkin' Donuts place. So I go in, and I sit down, and one of them sits off to my right, one sits off to my left. The one's pretending to read the newspaper, but he's watching me over the top of it. So I go over to Dunkin' Donuts, whatever that shop was, and I get three coffees and three donuts. And I came back and sat him down each a cup of coffee and a donut. I said, now, if we're going to travel together, I said, I don't want you traveling on an empty stomach. So I said, here's just some coffee and a donut. And I said, don't sit there and not say anything. Let's talk. 
And the one guy just looked shocked. The other guy, absolutely, I thought he was going to blow up and kill me right there. And <laughs> But they both sat right behind me on the plane. And so when we got sat down, I kind of leaned around and looked. I said, well, hi, imagine finding you here. And uh, <laughs> this guy goes, you're going to be laughing out of the other side of your mouth. And I said, well, it doesn't make any difference. I said, both sides will react. And um, <laughs> But, yes, you know, they, they do this for what? Who am I? I'm an old lady. Come on, get off it. Um, what am I going to do? <laughs> That's right, too. Well, the last time I traveled through D.C., and uh, this, I had to go through the thing, and they claimed that it put yellow triangles all over my body. Uh, so they had to pat me down, and this woman squats down and comes up between my legs with the side of her hand, and I mean, she hit me hard. And it just stunned me. Before I could say anything, Karen, she did it a second time. And I finally got out. I said, what the hell do you think you're doing? She says, I have to. And I said, look, 30, 40 years ago, my vagina might have been a threat to national security. But at this age, I don't think so. And she looked, She said, what did you say? I said, you heard me. And she went over and got another lady who proceeded to do the same thing, apparently. Um, I must be far more popular than I thought. Yeah, <laughs> it just, uh, but I, you know, why are we putting up with this? Why are you having to endure this? You know, and we hear these stories from all these whistleblowers and the mm-hmm. crap they're being put through, their lives destroyed. I have to give you credit. You pretty well held yourself together. And, I don't know that I could have behind all of this, Karen. I don't know that I could have maintained myself. Um, I really don't know. But it, it upsets me to hear it. I don't know don't know what it would be like to actually endure it. But after this show, I might find out. You never know. But anyway, I hope not. I hope um, not. well, whatever happens, happens. But, I was going to uh, say. You know, I mean, you just can't sit around and worry about stuff, you know. I can't anyway. Yeah. And, um, no, we're in a world and but, we can't control it. We, we can't succumb. So whatever comes to us standing up for ourselves just comes. You know, we have to get through it. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, um, in the last few minutes that we have, I was going to give you two uh, side stories that, that go with my targeting. Uh, number one, okay. they will try to put you in a mental institution. And number two, if they can't do that, they will try to put you in jail or prison. And that happened to me in Florida. I tried over oh and over and over again to educate the Leon County Sheriff's Department, which, of course, are really, really stupid people, uneducated people. But I tried to give them benefit of the doubt and explain certain things. And they end up ordering, uh, getting an order to send me into a, psychi- a psychiatric, uh, I'm not going to say hospital, but it's kind of a place where they evaluate you. And so they sent me yes. there, and I spoke to the nurse, and I told her I was a whistleblower, and we had a nice long conversation. She set me up to see the doctor. He, within 15 minutes, he said, get out of here. You don't belong here. And he didn't mean in a oh, mean wow. way. He just said, you know, what's wrong with you? Get out of here. So I went back and taunted the police, saying, you know, I guess your high school education didn't quite give you the knowledge you thought you had, you know, from the professional He said, there's nothing wrong with you. Go home. And so later, they had one of their civilian perps, is what we call them, um, 
who lived in back of my parents' house on a hill, he was actually hitting us with directed energy weapons for months and months trying to kill us. And he would even come into the yard and get close to the house to see if maybe he could kill me that close because they actually can see you with uh, through-the-wall radar. They give these scumbags yes. that type of technology. So um, yep. he tried several times. In fact, the dogs, I let the dogs out on him one time, and he jumped the fence and broke his leg. So I was very happy for oh, that. Too bad. But anyway, he, uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, I know, I boohooed all night. But, um, <laughs> but he came down when he saw me. I was packing the car. I said, you know, my parents are are getting along well enough. I need to leave so that they're not further injured by this. So they were getting red faces, even though I was sleeping as far away from them in the house as I could. Um, So I was loading my car, and um, he apparently reported it, and they said, basically, stop her. So, and I think there's a kill bonus that these people get, but that's my opinion. So he drove his car down uh, the hill and hid the car behind a huge bush, you know, that Florida usually has, you know, some kind of yes. monstrous, rang the doorbell, and then he hid. So I went to the door to see who was there. I was carrying out stuff to the car, and I didn't see anybody until I got close to the car, and then he came out of nowhere and took a swipe at me. He basically lunged at me and tried to punch me in the face. Well, one oh, my God. That I was loaded, I, yeah, one, yeah, this is, I mean, at, the point, at that point in time, I was 60, five foot four. And this guy was almost six feet and, I don't know, 230 pounds, something like that. So he's a big guy. Uh-huh. And uh, he yeah. at me and missed. And I thought during the time that I saw him swinging that I would block his punch with the flashlight. And, you know, I couldn't stop um, myself swinging when, he had, when his swing missed. So I ended up clubbing him. I <laughs> hitting him in the face. Ah. He turned, he t- he turned uh, took another poke at me, split my lip. And so I took another poke at him and split his head a second time. So at that point wow. in time, I was in defensive mode and telling him to leave, and he wasn't leaving. He was in shock, but he was still coming at me, so I smashed the windows in his car. That made him leave. No. So that was really <laughs> defensive to get him out. And so I called the sheriff's yeah. department. Unfortunately, that was all we had to call, the idiots. And he called the sheriff's department. And the deputies came out, took my story. And the woman said, when, when she got there, she said, we're here to arrest this guy. And so to give me the details. And they gave her the details. So as I'm talking to her, and my poor mother was at the door, and she witnessed a lot of it. All right? So she was an eyewitness. So the sheriff sent a supervisor out. And the, sheriff, the supervisor went up to the deputy and said, we are not arresting Renee's son. So his mother had worked for the sheriff's department. Oh. He said, we are, we are going to say in the report that, that uh, this guy came down for a nice neighborly visit after I'd reported him oh. to the sheriff's department 50 times. People were going to say that he came down for a nice neighborly visit and Mrs. Stewart just attacked him for no reason whatsoever. So we will be arresting Mrs. Stewart. Oh and my the God! Female, yes, and so the female deputy was looking at me like, like she wanted to say, "Oh my God, I'm so sorry." And she was looking at her feet. She was obviously horrifically ashamed, and she knew it was wrong. Mm-hmm. But this was a fusion center protected criminal, so they did arrest me. Oh, and so, yeah, they took me to jail overnight. 
and um, my sister, who was in town, bailed me out. I came back, and they sent more police to arrest me a second time. And I said, why? Why? So I did, they didn't tell me. They refused to tell me. So they took me back and put me in jail again. Well, it turns out that because the man had been jumping our chain link fence and coming to try to kill me in the night at three in the morning or so with one of these weapons held right up against the wall, um, and I, I basically had um, taken pictures of the fence that was bent because he was a heavy guy and he was destroying the fence, but because I put up a trail camera, to try to catch motion. That's what hunters use when they want to see if there's, like, are there javelina pigs in this area, you know, or are there cougars in this area. They put up a trail camera, which will take a picture if it detects motion, okay? Like maybe right. three, three photos, one photo, two photos, three photos, okay? So I put one up yeah. to look at that side of the fence. And the deputy sheriff, who I'd called on multiple times and refused to do his job, he decided to tell the judge that I was, filming my neighbors uh, illegally um, and, you know, was watching it on, on video or something, you know, something like that. And you can't even do that with a trail camera. It, it basically takes, like I said, one, two, or three pic- pictures if anything moves. You know, even it'll take a picture mm-hmm. of a tree limb if it moves in the wind. So he told the judge that I was filming their house, and their house was nowhere near where the camera was placed. It was looking at the fence line where the guy was trespassing. And the judge believed him. And so they added all kinds of um, charges against me that weren't even true and weren't even physically possible to try to put me in prison. So the assistant DA bragged to my lawyer, we're going to put her in prison for 15 years for defending myself against somebody who came to our property, hid, and ambushed me and did me physical harm and intended to do that. But I was not allowed to defend myself. So that was a mess for a few months. I spent several days in in jail and was uh, let out. But they failed to put me in a psychiatric hospital, and they failed to put me in prison. That's how desperate NSA was to derail my lawsuit against them because they didn't want it to be revealed revealed that I'd stumbled across espionage and treason. And I will tell you, in 2018, after the, after the lawsuit sat at the EEOC for eight years, it was starting to get attention in the newspaper saying, well, all these whistleblower lawsuits have been thrown out, uh, except for one. Yeah. It's been sitting there since 2010. Well, that started to get them attention. The EEOC did not want. So the judge went to my case, my case file, took out all the paperwork, and destroyed it. And then he notified my lawyer, I'm sorry, but your case file has nothing in it. Therefore, I'm ruling against you. And my lawyer said, oh, my God, I can everything in that case file overnighted to you. We have copies of everything. And, you know, we had copies of everything or it would not have been accepted and sat on the docket for eight years. And he was allowed to tell her no and rule against us even though he was the very same judge who was destroyed. Wow. So that's how desperate it is that my lawsuit never make it to the light of day, and that's why they, that's one of the reasons they want to kill me. Because of the mm. people at NSA be tried treason and executed. Karen, we've got to have you back again. Um, I've only got a couple of minutes here. 
but we've got to have you back again and talk more about this. This is uh, this is just one of the craziest stories I've ever heard, and the worst thing about it is it doesn't have the ring of being untrue. A lot of times people will tell you things and they've embellished it or they've you know made a lot of assumptions or something. I don't have this sense at all with you. And I do want to have you back. Um, I need time to go back and listen to this show, listen again to everything so I can formulate a conversation with you. I'm almost afraid to talk to you. <laughs> uh, but uh, You know, think about, um, think about it. I wouldn't feel bad if you said, no, this is, you know, one-time deal. But if you want me to come back to answer questions or anything else like that, I'd be glad to. But, yeah, wait on it and see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll see what the blowback is. But I, just for myself, I... I don't care what the, I shouldn't say I don't care what the audience thinks. I do, but I make my own decisions independent of that. And uh, I already know I want to have you back. I just need to listen to this again and make some notes so I know what I'm talking about and um, don't confuse things. I want to thank you for coming on. This has been one of the most compelling interviews I've ever done. Um, and I'm sincerely hoping that you're safe. Uh, this is just absolutely unbelievable. Um, but well, like uh, I said, the important story uh, is that it's being done to to hundreds of thousands across the country of totally innocent people, yes. housewives, bus drivers, teachers, nurses, um, anybody, everybody, ex-wives. I mean, that's not a reason to kill someone. I'm sorry, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. Okay. Well, I, I truly want to thank you for being here. This took a lot of guts to come on and talk about this, considering what you have been through for the last 10 years, and we will be revisiting this. You can all take that to the bank. Um, I want to thank well, everybody thank who did tune in tonight. Oh, go ahead, Karen. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying I thank you very much for having me on, and and I'll end it at that. Oh. Well, we're going to be having you on again. Um, a reminder to everyone, these shows are brought to you in co- coordination with Marcel Reed and the Grassroots Whistleblower Summit. And uh, we'll have more on that, too, as the year moves on. But Karen, again, thank you. Thank you to everybody that tuned in. And we will see you tomorrow night. Good night, everyone. <laughs>